0: What's up, everybody? This is Brandon Bateman. Today, I have for you part six of a video series that I did with Jerry Norton and Robert Wensley. In this particular video, we talk all about how you can get the highest possible lead conversion from PPC campaigns. Uh, Quick spoiler, it's not the same things that you do from other marketing channels to get higher lead conversion. We're going to break down how our best performing clients are managing their leads to hopefully help you figure out how you can make this channel work for you. So the focus is not, how do I get the ad that the most people click on? The focus is, how do I get the ad that the right people click on?
1: Your value's better, your cost better, your conversion's better. It's like I'm direct mailing 10 different lists, but I'm not tracking which deals are coming from which lists. Guys, welcome back to the PPC Masterclass Series. I've got Brandon Bateman here. We've done a number of videos now. We're putting all these videos into a playlist here on the channel. So be sure to go back and watch any of the previous videos because we've been doing this in in an order that will help you really understand this marketing channel. And we're just really excited to share with you more around what you can do to really dominate your real estate wholesale business using the marketing channel of PPC. On this video, Brandon's gonna really dive in and break down um, around the quality of the lead, right? So it's really important if we're spending money and we're getting the phones to ring or we're getting the forms to come in, are these the kind of leads that we can go out and convert and actually monetize, right? So uh, there's a lot that goes into this part of the strategy with PPC. So Brandon, help us understand why is the quality of the lead, why is that so important to get right? I mean, every salesperson listening to this knows, <laughs> right?
0: Um, it's, and, and lead quality matters a ton because a lot of people, they hear these basics about PPC and they just think like, okay, based on how it works, I understand these are people searching, it's a more inbound type lead, so it should be better quality, but they don't always have that exact experience with it. And there's a number of different things that could cause that. Yeah. Um, and because of that, you can have a lower lead conversion rate. So some of the biggest changes that we made for our clients, our average client, when they start working with us, Abatement Collective, they end up getting less leads, but still closing more deals. Mm. So most of the unique things that we do in PPC have to do with increasing lead quality, more so than volumes. And I think far often that's the better move, you know?
1: Yeah. It seems like we, we tend to, we tend to think like, oh, I just need more leads when maybe you don't need more leads. You just need better leads. Maybe a whole lot less leads, but higher quality leads would actually be a better to your bottom line. Right. And that's kind of the idea around you're spending all this money on PPC. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure that we're, it's, it's not just about cheap or expensive, but rather quality. And then how do we find that fine line with the spend on that?
0: Absolutely. And there's some
1: really common ways that people are going wrong
0: with this. And that's something I want to dive into today just to to make sure that we're covering bases. Uh, The first one is actually super simple and everybody understands it intuitively, but their strategy doesn't match it. Um, I think all business owners, marketers, et cetera, like if you picture like your standard marketing funnel, right? It looks something like this. We're always focused, what gets someone from here to here in my funnel? But sometimes what you do to get them from here to here is not what you need to get them from here to here, (laughs) right? So the, the really simple example is all your landing page language, all of your ad copy language, it all has to reflect the kind of person that you want at the end of the day. Because what ad you put out there, that attracts the people that come. And if you put things in your ad that attract the wrong kind of people, then all the way down the funnel, you're going to have issues. So a good yeah. example of this is people write their PPC ads and they say like, we'll buy your house for top dollar or something along those lines, like highest price guaranteed. So... I see people running ads like this, and then they're calling me up saying, Oh no, my ads aren't working. I, I have the wrong kind of lead quality. And I ask them what's wrong with the lead quality, and they say, everybody's really motivated by price. I say, you know, you're attracting people based on price. <laughs> I don't know what you're expecting.
1: Yeah. You're literally because- saying,
0: if you want the highest offer, then come here. Not like, are you in the most distressed
1: situation? Do you have the house in the poorest condition? Those things. So really, are you talking about the difference between like traffic and conversion? Because traffic is like getting, getting the eyeballs there. Conversion is now getting them to fill out the form and take action, right? Yeah. It's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And, and the metrics that I like to think about is,
0: it's, it's almost like there's this imaginary set of metrics. So we focus on like, okay, at what rate does our landing page convert? That's a conversion rate. In my mind, I'm also thinking, at what rate does it convert the right people? You could say mm. of the people that visit it, maybe 25% of them are the right people. So at what rate are we converting those versus the whole? And sometimes they're misaligned because what you can say to get the most people in the door isn't always the thing that's going to get you the highest quality leads mm. at the end of the day. So, so that's something I think about, like who's going to be at the bottom of the funnel? Let's write all our messaging based on that person so that we're bringing people down to that point. Mm. Because what we care about is getting the highest conversion at the end if yeah. we're caring about lead quality, right? So you just have to understand that you're going to attract people based on what you put out there. Um, and the thing with digital marketing campaigns is we talked about how it's kind of algorithmic, like the algorithm learns based on the people you're bringing in. If you bring in the wrong people to begin with, it can be a losing proposition. Mm. Yes. It it finds more of them. Yeah. Uh, So that's a really negative thing. So sometimes that's why all these things I'm going to talk about in lead quality, it's not what you expect because when you, when you think about, um, I'll give maybe an analogy, um, for, for, for this. If you think, uh, like, let's just say you're fishing, right? A lot of people would say targeting is the idea of saying, I want to fish in that area. Cause that's where the fish I want are. Okay. That's not how digital marketing works though. The way it works better with digital marketing is you basically tell the platform you have kind of, you have the ocean to fish in, fish wherever you want, but I want you to fish with this bait. And then I make sure that that's the kind of bait that only the fish I want to catch actually would bite. Mm. Because if you don't have that, if you have a bait that maybe the fish you want to catch would bite, but then also another fish could bite, then the problem is every time you get that bite, you're giving the the, the algorithm some feedback saying, this is the what I'm looking for. Please get more of that. And it'll double down and you'll end up only catching the wrong fish. Mm. Does that make sense? Because yeah, it learns it's a really based experience. So yeah. it's all about, instead of me saying, I want to fish right there, what you say is, I want to fish with this bait. And then
1: you make sure you get the right Because you don't care about right there. You care about catching the fish. That is your perfect fish. And the
0: algorithm is really
1: good at finding where the right there is. Yeah, they'll go find them. As long as it's getting the feedback,
0: because it's learning based on the existing experience. We talked about with bidding how it's all based on predictive analytics. It's using your previous experience to predict things. So it's saying, based on all the other factors that we know about here, um, we predict that this person searching right now
1: has whatever percentage likelihood of turning into what you want them to turn into. And then it's bidding based on that. So then if we were to kind of hone that down in a wholesale real estate business, what are some of the big things that you've seen are really helpful for that conversion to bring you that perfect buyer or perfect seller? I mean, so ideally,
0: the biggest issue that people run into is talking about price. Ideally, you don't talk about price because you don't want to have conversations with people about price. We're here to solve problems, right? Um, So ideally what you have is you have ads written really well to the problem that someone has based on what they're saying in Google. If they're searching for we buy ugly houses, you might want to have an ad talking about how even if your house is in any condition, we'll still buy it Um, as is no repairs necessary. If they're searching like sell my house fast, for example, then you probably want to talk about how you can close close in 10 days
1: or five days or whatever, 24 hours. Yeah. Yes. You I speak love. to their, you speak to their, yeah. um, but like you situations. said earlier, if you say uh, we'll pay any price, you know, that that might sound good in marketing, but then you're gonna draw a buyer that's like wants too much money because you just said that you would pay any price.
0: Yes. And then you're gonna teach the algorithm that you want those people. Yeah. And then you're gonna get more of those people. And then one day you're gonna call me up frustrated because you have the wrong leads. So copy is a big deal here. It is. You have to remember this is pay per click marketing. Yeah. Right. A lot of people think you have to pay for your ad to show on Google. You don't pay for your ad to show on Google. You pay for someone to click it. Clicks on it. So there's all these people trying to make these clickbaity ads. Yeah. But you have to pay for each click. Yeah. So the focus is not, how do I get the ad that the most people click on? The focus is, how do I get the ad that the right people click on? Because
1: you're paying when, for it. Yeah, yeah. When I pay for a click, I want it to be the right click. Yeah. That's why like in, in YouTube, for example, they don't charge you until after 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And so you want to get your call to action before 30 seconds because you want your, you want your not ideal customer to drop off. Exactly. In the 30 seconds, you don't get charged for it. And you want your ideal client to keep watching to hopefully convert You're worth. You're okay to pay for that one. You don't want to pay for the other one. Yeah. Same exactly. idea.
0: Mm-hmm. So the overall idea is you just think about the end person you want to talk to. You don't focus on what just gets the most people to the next step in the funnel. You focus on who, what would get the kind of person that goes all the way through the funnel. What would get them in? Hmm. And you focus on, it's just a different mindset thing, but so many agencies, because uh, the the thing that stereotypically happens is like the agency is thinking about all these metrics, like at the top of the funnel. And the client is thinking about all these metrics at the bottom of the funnel, Mm -hmm. because the agency is measured and held accountable to these. (laughs) And then the client is, is held accountable to these, (laughs) because this is like the profit of their business. So you have that disconnect, right? Mm -hmm. So you need everybody thinking about the entire thing. That's how you get the best results. Uh, another another example about this is uh, something called lead sculpting. Lead sculpting. Um, yes, it's it's a unique strategy. So I'll give I'll give an example of how this works. Um, I had someone call me the other day um, saying I'm upset because my PPC I'm getting way too many leads that are already listed on the market before they call me. Right. So these are people who have their houses listed on the market. They panic because it's not selling. Probably because it's listed way too high and more, op- and more often than not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then they start looking for people to buy their house. They find wholesalers. They're calling them asking them if they can buy the house. Uh, not a great lead. Could it, could it provide value? Absolutely. But it's definitely not what we're looking for. Um, so I look at it. Uh, remember when I told you that like every time you get a bite while you're fishing, that's kind of how you're communicating to Google, like, mm-hmm. like get me more of that. And it looks for it. So it turns out it matters a lot what you're calling the action that you want to be taken. Um, what people are usually doing is they're reporting what's called a conversion. A conversion is, a, uh, is basically you telling Google, good job, you got me what I want. They're reporting conversions anytime they get a lead. So, in
1: this case where this person was getting a ton of. Because obviously, if you didn't want it, you'd stop doing it. So, as long as you keep taking them, you're telling Google, I want more, I like this, I want yes. this.
0: And, and that's really normal because that's like, it's normal if someone goes through the form on your website and then you tell. Google, hey, that was good. You got me a lead. So you can think of it as every time that happens, you're basically giving Google a high five, saying, good job, (laughs) give me more of those. So what happens if 70% of those are listed on market? You're telling Google, good job. (laughs) Give me more of those. Give me more of those. And they're on market leads. Yeah. Um, So what you can do is you build out a form that qualifies people. So in that form, I might ask you, what's your name, phone number, address, whatever the case is. Then I might ask, is your property listed on the market right now, or not? If you select on that form, yes, yes. it's listed on the market, then I'm still gonna take that lead because I already got the information. But I'm going to report to Google that that wasn't a lead. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So I'm only reporting to Google that it's a lead if you're matching the criteria in the form and that how, I want you to How match. do you do that, it's a simple way to do it. Yeah, so the way that Google understands that a lead happened, is that it, uh, like there's a piece of JavaScript that just fires, which if you don't know what JavaScript is, yeah. just, just code. a code that's like in the header of a website, you never see it. Um, some people call it a pixel because yeah. it used to be like a one by one transparent mm-hmm. image that would just download and that tells us that something happened. Um, so, so yeah, you, you just fire off the JavaScript saying that it happens. And anybody running Google ads, I mean, if you're not doing that, at least you, you've got like major problems. Like you have to track conversions. But if you are where you track those conversions matters because if you can track them conditionally, Based on some, how someone fills out your form, then you're giving a better quality feedback signal to Google about mm. who the right people are and who the wrong people are. So we have, we, we tracked across our client base. We improved the, the contract to close rate. Or I'm sorry, the, the, the lead to contract rate, um, by 27% mm. just by filtering leads based on the form. And when people hear that, a lot of times they think, well, I'm not going to get those leads. If they're a on market or whatever the case is. If you paid for a lead and somebody came through the form, you get the information. The difference is, do you tell Google that it was a lead or not? Mm. So you're just selective in terms of how you communicate that to Google. And if you get really good at that, then you automatically are increasing your lead quality because you're only giving it positive feedback. A lot of people think that the, that uh, Google is just this like evil company just <laughs> trying to like squeeze you for everything <laughs> that you're worth. Take all your money. Yes. Yeah. But... It's, it's not exactly like that. Like they want you to be successful on some level. They just don't know what you want. So if you're ever telling Google good job about stuff that you don't actually want them to be doing for you, then you might be thinking Google's evil, but you're just not giving it good feedback. And that's why it's not giving you what you want. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that's, that's really good. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, hopefully then over time, Google stops sending you those leads you don't want. It starts sending you more leads you do want. But you still have to align your messaging because maybe your messaging keeps sending the wrong lead. Mm -hmm. So there's there's multiple things at play here, right? Yeah. If you have solid
0: messaging and then you filter as much as possible within the form, then you're two steps in the right direction of every time you tell Google good job, it was actually for a job well done. It's like if you have a cold caller and you just told them your job is to get me as many leads as possible. And then you never, ever give them feedback on the quality of the leads that they're sending you. What would happen? It'd probably just drop off and just get worse and worse over time.
1: Yeah, It's like on YouTube. It's interesting because initially YouTube based their algorithm on clicks, right? So then Mm -hmm. people would put clickbait thumbnails and titles, you know, a girl in a bikini or whatever. Then they get clicks and it'd be about something else. So then Google, then YouTube was like, okay, no, we need watch time. So we need to make quality. We have to match what's happening here. So that's what the algorithm is trying to do is it's trying to actually give the viewer what they're asking for. Mm -hmm. And so the more you can help the algorithm by telling it what you want, the more quality it's going to do, the better job it's going to do. Yeah. Because the way you bid affects your targeting. If I'm just
0: bidding on everything equally, then I'll get everything equally. If I'm bidding higher in some circumstances, because it's more likely to be the kind of person that I need, which is what the algorithm can do if it gets enough data from you about who actually is converting, it starts to learn those things. And it sees, like to to Robert's example, well, all these people that are converting also visited Mm uhaul.com. And so now when it sees this person search the same keyword, it could be like, sell my house fast, same keyword it would have been before, but they went to uhaul.com yesterday. Now it knows we're upping the bid because this is more valuable to us. But... What if all the people who went to U-Haul are also the retail sellers or something like that? Then it would learn those things over time, right? It yeah. gets it gets smarter and smarter. So that's how you, like we talked about how like the search happens and then it paints all these accounts and it says, what are you willing to pay for this? Your answer to that question is your are targeting. Yeah. Because you're showing how much is this worth to me. And with this is not true for any other marketing channel. It's not true for like direct mail or cold call that you're, the way that you're measuring results affects your targeting.
1: So, so it's the copy that matters too. Um, what about graphic? What about the ad itself? I mean, that's going to get people, so they're going to see the ad, right? And we want them to click on the ad, fill out the form, mm-hmm. and we can lose that person anywhere along the way. We want to make sure that messaging is congruent. But what are you seeing as far as ads? I mean, is graphics a big part of it? Is it video now? Is it, is it long form, short form? I mean, there's a, I see a little bit of all of that.
0: Yeah. And and if we're talking about Google PPC search specifically, which is, you know, the whole topic of this thing, you only pretty much have an opportunity for text because it's just that top the top 3 or 4. Yeah, you have the headline and then you have the description underneath
1: it. So so that's your window of real estate to work with on on the yeah. ad. Which is good because it's really easy, you know. It doesn't mean yeah. that whoever has
0: like the the budget for the videographer does better yeah. than the yeah. person who doesn't. I mean, you're just writing words and it's not that many words either. Yeah. So it's uh, you have character limits that are pretty strict. Your headlines can be up to like 30 characters long. And you can have a few of them and then you have some descriptions that are up to 90 characters long. Um so yeah, you don't have a ton to work with, and then the, the landing page is where you can dive deeper into it. Mm-hmm. The general idea is you just want like whatever they're searching to match the ad really well. So you show like, yes, I actually have that. You want someone to search for apples, and then you're gonna have a land yeah. an ad about apples, and then you're gonna have a landing page about apples.
1: Yeah, you don't wanna have an ad about pre-foreclosure and then they get to the landing page, it's about probate or something yep. else,
0: you know. So you keep it
1: congruent, yeah, but
0: to what they want. And then you do a good job at only reporting conversions if they're quality. And then the last step to that is something called offline conversions tracking. Offline and, conversion tracking. Yep. Yeah. So if you picture your funnel like this, right, we start with like impressions. That's how many people see the ad. And then we have uh, clicks, right? Yep. And then you have form submissions. And then you have opportunities. And then you're going to have, uh, you know, contracts, contracts. And then you're going to have deals and then revenue, et cetera, right? So we just, we kind of worked on the funnel. Everything above lead there is online, right? They saw the ad online. They clicked the ad online. They're on your landing page and fill out a form online. And then we get into your CRM, which is where it becomes an opportunity and we've qualified. And that's online. where now it's offline. Not that's where it's offline. Yeah. So if you think about it, everybody's feeding to Google all this data at the top of the funnel. Then the moment it switches offline, this is when we get to the stuff that we actually care about as business owners, but we don't communicate to Google what happens there. Mm. So are, so many people are running PPC ads targeted towards leads, not towards deals. And they know I'm doing these because we remember we talked about like long tail search terms and there's thousands of different things, combinations. I once added it all together. Like if you took every search term that you could have and coupled it with all the different like demographic targetings you could have and all that stuff, it it was like 64 billion different like little (laughs) buckets you could put these things into. It's insane. So you're doing all that, right? 64 billion different things potentially, (laughs) right? And then you generate these leads and then you know that these leads turn into these deals, but there's a gap there. We don't
1: know that these actions created these deals. There's a gap between communicating back to Google so it can learn more about sending you what you really want. Yeah. Cause I know, I know all these things
0: generated these leads and and I know specifically, which like I know what search term the lead came from all that stuff. And then I know like these leads turn into these deals, but I don't know that those things generated these deals because I'm not connecting it. All the way through. So how do you do that? How do you connect it back? It's called offline conversions reporting, where you take the offline stuff and you communicate it to Google, which then allows you to have a focus on deals, not necessarily leads. So you
1: upload that into
0: Google. Yeah, and I I can explain briefly how it works, although like the specifics, you can search on YouTube for like offline conversions reporting, how to set it up. You'll find some stuff. But basically, what we do is like every click that someone takes on Google has a unique ID associated with it. You take that ID. And you bring it into your information that you collect with the form. Just like we have like name, address, phone number, click ID. It's just one of those things that you collect. Except they don't put their click ID in, which is when they click, it's appended into the form.
1: It's assigned to them.
0: Yeah. It's the technology works in such a way that it works. We basically put it into the URL. So it's like, yep, you know, just whatever website.com slash question mark Google yeah. click ID equals this. Yeah. And like, so the information's there. And then the form. Autofills that. I don't know if you've ever seen like a form autofill yeah. with information that's happening, but it's hidden and nobody can see it. So then that's submitted. And then we report to Google, Hey, this ID that we got the click from, this is, they actually ended up being a contract or I got revenue worth this amount to me or whatever the case is. So you're feeding that information into Google. And then in Google, you can see these specific actions are generating these specific deals and you can get down to it. Cause so, so often if you have a 5X return on investment, what you have actually is half of your budget going towards something that's producing a 10X return on investment. And half of your budget being completely wasted. That's the reality of how it works. And it's just it's it's for lack of better words, just dumb to run marketing channels without understanding what's generating deals. It's like I'm direct mailing 10 different lists, but I'm not tracking which deals are coming from which lists.
1: So I just know I got this out of direct mail, but I don't know. I mean, that's definitely how a lot of wholesalers operate. They're not, they're not really knowing where everything's coming from and why. So this is one more indicator, one more thing you can do to teach Google about your perfect customer. Correct. Because the better you can do at communicating to Google, the
0: smarter your predictive algorithm gets. I think uh, a common like a, a way to think about this um, is my I have I know you have more than a few kids. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> um, oh, just one? Yeah, just just one. I know it's a good start. Um, so <laughs> she's uh, she's about two and a half. And, uh, we, uh, anyways, we went to a beach recently and she saw the sands and sand, look, I love sand, whatever. Um, and we'd been to another beach, like when she was like six months old, she didn't say any of those things. Yeah. Right. So it's something to think about, um, like what is data versus experience, right? So if you think of like, what is, what is data data is what her eyes see when she was six months old, when she was two years old, she saw exactly the same thing when she was two years old, she knew what that thing was. Through experience, right? Yeah. That's learning, right? Learning is like if, if somebody actually learns something, then they should have the same input, but the output would be different. That's evidence that you've actually learned anything, mm-hmm. right? So I have the same input if I'm seeing sand, but now I understand that is sand or this is the color yellow or blue or whatever the case is. Um, and machine learning is just the, the exact same way. A lot of people think that like AI is just some like superhuman, crazy smart thing. <laughs> it's, it's not. AI is actually really dumb. You could take ChatGPT and not feed it the entire internet worth of information, and it would be a really dumb algorithm <laughs> because it's only as smart as the data that you fed it to learn things. And just like how our eyes, when we're six months old or when we're two years old, see the exact same things, that doesn't mean our brain comprehends the same thing from the things mm. that we see. So we understand finer distinctions. That's one definition I've heard for intelligence. It's basically understanding finer distinctions between things. Now I know that that's an apple and that's an orange, whereas before I didn't know that. And then maybe I learned that that's a Granny Smith apple and that's a whatever other Mm -hmm. brands of apples are, right? You start to learn like the the distinctions between those things, just like you could learn the distinction between a seller and a motivated seller. They're different in some ways, except instead of looking at like visual data, like we do, Google sees thousands of data points on a person. And those thousands of data points are just ones and zeros that put together and give it the picture. Of what actually is going on so it's it's the exact same thing like machine learning it's not smart when you start a google ads account you're basically being handed this infant child that doesn't know anything <laughs> and your job is to feed it the right kind of information so that it could eventually learn things and it can start to identify things and classify things and understand what has value for you and what doesn't and where people go wrong is they just get angry at that little child for not knowing things and they never taught it those things and then it just keeps on going more and more down the road yeah
1: or even just lazy you know like a lot of times we think, well, I'm busy, so I'm making money. No, just because you're busy, just because you're on the phones, doesn't mean you're making money. You know, like how effective are you at what you're doing? And what you're saying is you can continually evolve your PPC campaigns to get better and better, smarter and smarter. And then that's gonna make your 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 values better, your cost better, your conversions better, all of that, but you've got to be able to plug the data. Understand the data, and then let Google know what's valuable. Correct. And
0: teach it. Because the algorithm is extremely capable. Just like how an infant has a brain that's very capable. Yeah. But it doesn't have experience, so it doesn't know things. And the experience that you give it will dictate how much it learns. And the more you can focus on that, like that's playing the long game with, with Google ads. It's also another advantage to partnering with a company that does a lot of this yeah. because we can aggregate data across our different accounts. So we can say your account is brand new, but what we're going to do is plug you into this other data pool we have and feed that to your account so that it gets smarter without you having to spend a million dollars a month to get there.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the value. major value. I mean. That's the leverage that like you bring at at, uh, Bateman Collective in that you've got so many accounts, so much experience that you can bring some of that knowledge base to a brand new account. And you can say, hey, we know the fundamentals of a lot of these things. Let's start here. And we just jumped way ahead of the learning curve. Absolutely. And that's powerful Mm -hmm. than on your own, just trying to like start from zero.
0: Yeah. One of the most common misconceptions I hear about PPC is it's only for people who have massive budgets. So we did a study recently and we looked at our clients because we have clients that spend six figures a month on PPC and we have clients that spend $2,000 a month mm-hmm. on PPC. So we looked and we, what, what, the question we asked ourselves was, is there a difference in return on investment? Turns out by the numbers, our clients that spend the most money and our clients that spend the least money have no difference in return on investment. <laughs> Yet there's obviously the volume at which they get the return on investment. Yeah. You know, cause it's, if you're spending a hundred grand at a 5X return versus one grand at a 5X return, really big yeah. difference in terms of the revenue, but the 5X is the same yeah. is what we're seeing. Um, and there's a, the, the misconception is because Basically, the companies who spend the most money tend to get the best results outside of our environment. And the reason for that is not that people assume that it's like Google likes you more if you have more budget to spend with them, um, that they're going to favor you as more as a client, give you a bulk discount, whatever the case is. turns out that's not how it works at all. Mm. It's just whoever has the most data gets the best results. It just happens to be that usually whoever spends the most money is also the company that has the most data. Right. So if you spend more money, you have more data. If you have more data, you have better results. So people assume if you spend more money, you have better results. But if you work with the right partner, then you can spend less money and have more data
1: and get the good Mm -hmm. results. Does that make sense? That's the benefit of plugging into someone like you, who's already got the data to, to, to know what to do already out of the gate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. That's fascinating. I mean, it's encouraging because if you're watching this right now and you thought that, which I thought that too, like, oh, you know, the people spending the most money are going to get all the preferential treatment. And it's not necessarily true. It's all about how well the data is. If you've got the good data, it doesn't really matter so much about the spend. You're going to get the results.
0: Yeah, because we all have the same algorithm. You can think of it like, compare yeah. it to ChatGPT, you know, we've all got ChatGPT's algorithm. So who would have the smartest language model if we all have the same algorithm? It would be whoever fed it the most information.
1: The best information. Yeah. yeah. In the
0: actual ChatGPT, it's read most of the internet, right? So it has a lot of information. Yeah. Hence it's very smart and can do a lot. Um, but if it didn't have that, then it wouldn't be that smart. And then if you had a way to feed it the whole internet and I only had a way, to feed it whatever information I could come up with, with the few employees in my office who are just like writing novels to chat GPT to try to teach it about the world, then it wouldn't be as smart for me as it is for you.
1: Even still, you put something in there, it spits it out, you say, no, make it more like this. No, make it shorter, make it more. And it's it's just learning based on what you're telling it faster to give you what you're hoping to get. Exactly. That's how machine learning
0: works. It's just,
1: again, if you learn, then the same input should produce a different output.
0: Before it might've seen, this is something that could get me a lead. And then after you feed it more data about what gives you quality leads, it could understand these clicks, we're going to underwrite cheaper because those don't look to be as motivated. And then these ones are more motivated, right? If you think about how fine that distinction is between a motivated seller and a seller, it's a hard thing for an algorithm to grasp. The more data you can feed it, the smarter it gets.
1: But it's all the difference in the world to a wholesale business. Absolutely. Between the two. Like it's night or day, deal or no deal, right? Yep. Yeah.
0: So if you nail all these things, right? If you get like the right ad copying, you get lead sculpting on your landing page and you get offline conversions reporting. Um, that's how we took our clients on average last year from about 19 leads per contract to 11 this year, mm. um, which 11 I think is really good from an average metric standpoint, because okay. uh, you hear Rob talking about like how 10 leads per contract is kind yeah. of their, their goal, which is, which is pretty typical. Um, but if you think of all of our clients that have no idea what they're doing and all and of that, and like, average it. Yeah. Out. Yeah. You average like the best and the worst altogether. Cause you hear a lot of the best, yeah. 11 as an average is really, really, really good, good because it means that some people are doing significantly better than that and some people are doing significantly right. worse. Um, there's kind of that bell curve of outcomes. But if you nail these things right, then you can on average increase your lead quality. Um, and usually it comes with some level of increase in lead costs, but most of our clients have an increase in return on investment and a decrease in their number of leads, which all things equal, if you can make that happen in your business. That's a winning
1: recipe. Absolutely. Yeah, you're gonna You're going to kill it. That's great. Well... Guys, this is awesome. I hope you got a lot out of this. Definitely nerded out on this one, but fascinating to really see what goes into just, like you said, really maximizing the quality of those leads. Guys, if you want to learn more about PPC, there's a a toolkit in the description below. Be sure to check that out with some free resources. Also, if you want to learn more about how you can work with Brandon and his company for doing your ad campaigns, I'll put that information below as well. So thank you, Brandon. Really appreciate you. We'll see you guys on the next video.